tell you all about that <laughs> oh yeah it's coming what's going on what's going on what's facebook up, what's up everybody youtube hello, twitch hello. yeah i'm excited about today's podcast yeah i appreciate everybody in i know we're gonna trickle in look we already got seven people in so today we're on episode 13 yeah and you know what's crazy man uh not doing it tuesday feel like it, we ain't had a podcast it, in two weeks yeah <laughs> i know i know <laughs> like we've been gone for a minute <laughs> i know i know but man i appreciate everybody tuning in and um today our episode 13's title is mental health yeah are you aware are you are you no are you oh i i try to be man <laughs> oh, yeah. uh it's one of those touchy subjects where us as men don't really like to talk about it I, to me personally, I think it's kind of like one of those like taboo. emotional. It's a taboo, right? Taboo. I'm fine. I don't want to see people right. me being weak. But I, we have a special guest today. Um, I'm gonna let him introduce himself, and then I'll tell him a quick story about how how we meet and how we still uh, we connect. But introduce yourself, sir, please. Yeah, let's go. You got the got the whole you got the World Wide Web right now. Hey, <laughs> what's going on? All of the platforms. My name is Grant Hansen. Uh, I live out here in Austin, actually in Georgetown, just north of Austin, by way of Houston, Texas, as where I'm from, born and raised. Uh, love being out here. Uh, I'm with Rise Recovery Services and also the director of business development for family hospital systems. And we do a lot of cool stuff, uh, but a lot of our focus, and at least in that one service line, is specifically around addiction and mental health. And it's been a crazy journey uh, getting there. I've worked in a lot of areas in the mental health in the treatment world and uh, okay. all those things. So yeah awesome um and i i've known grant now for what 
couple years. A couple years now. Started in Master Networks, uh, and now we're on in the Mastermind National Business Connections. And man, he's always he drops bombs of information where. So y'all just go nerd out together, or is it? Is that? That's what I mean, we. I mean, tribe not on his level. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I mean, we nerd out when it comes to like business, and I, I think we we gel because we always one we're grind we're nonstop grinders, right. but we also want to share and motivate other business owners and just people in general. Oh yeah, I got that. to I be better see. business yeah. owners, to be better people. Um, and he's doing it by by his way through his experiences. So I want him to share his story. And then I have a couple of questions just because people out there or other men, you know, they want to know what mental health is. So, you know, I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask and I'll let him answer. And, you know, a lot of people think mental health is just you're, you're going just, crazy, it's, but yeah, it's, it's it, so much more than just craziness. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mental hospital. So um, shine yeah. a light on that. So. But yeah, Grant. So tell us your story, man. How did you um? How did you come where you're at now? I mean, because being a director of business development for Rise Recovery, that's that's pretty big. You're you're responsible for for sharing Rise and and all the good work you do. So just tell us how how you got here and and, and just share with us everything, man. I, we want to know. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, man. I, I'll. I'll... I can make this story right as long or as short as I can. <laughs> right. We've got about uh, 40 minutes. 40, right. 40 no, minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah. 38 no. minutes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, like I like I mentioned, I'm, I'm born and raised Houston or, or Baytown uh, specifically, uh, which is like the east side of, of Harris County, uh, Houston area. And, you know, I, I'm not like from like the wrong side of the tracks or anything. You know what I mean? Like right. I come from a pretty good family. We had our dysfunction just like anybody, um, like most families. And um, I think part of that dysfunction for me included this sort of, at least on one side of the family, we tended to sweep things under the rug and not really address them, you right. know? Um, and luckily, even though there was that dysfunction, I still had some other, like some good role models, you know? And so I got to see both sides of it. And, uh, you know, I played sports my whole life growing up, was very good at, at baseball, loved football as well. My mom's side of my family is a bunch of teachers and coaches. Um, but again, what that kind of translated into was that like in most of them all taught or went to school in the same school district that I was going to school in. Right. So there was this sort of hyper focus on our reputation. Right. Right. Uh, as a family and if anything I did was a representation of the family and my grandfather who was a coach you know coached everybody in the town and all yeah. that and so I never I guess there, there was a part of me that didn't feel like I had this individuality like I was coach mm. Thompson's grandson you uh, know not okay. not Grant Hansen he already had mean? his own legacy right. gotcha yeah. right and the funny thing is is that he himself was not did not think that way but the rest mm. of the family sort of did there's this unspoken right because he's kind of the patriarch of the family and um, anyways, as I got into high school, the thing was, I was always like a class clown, right? I, I was like, you know, kind of like you think about somebody like Robin Williams, right? Who, oh. Who's an extremely Perfect. hilarious guy, but I mean, he committed suicide, right? He's Absolutely. Extremely depressed, had a history of depression. It was kind of known, you know, that kind of thing. And I saw, I felt like that, that closely resembles my experience, at least in my childhood. And so I was constantly trying to get laughs and all those things. Anyways, fast forward through high school, you know, I started smoking weed, drinking, going to parties. It's a pretty cliche way to begin that, you know? Right. And um, 
honestly, I was, at least in my own opinion, I felt, I feel like at least looking back, right. I was intelligent enough and, and gifted enough, uh, athletically, like naturally that it, it, it made me lazy and it, it got, I got bored and I got in a lot of trouble because of it, you know? Um, and so I ended up getting uh, booted out of high school beginning of towards the beginning of my junior year. Um, I dislocated my shoulder and I got caught stealing a bunch of money out of, out of people's lockers in the football locker room. And, uh, the head coach, uh, caught me. And so, you know, basically after all the people I had stolen from declined to press charges, I got kicked out of high school, sent off to rehab. And, uh, that was at 17. I was there in Kerrville for a brief time for a few months. And then I, and then I left. Um, and I spent most of the rest of that year homeless as a 17 year old. Oh, uh, sleeping in parks shit. and benches and that kind of stuff. But it, it, like looking back, it sounds crazy at the time. I don't think I really appreciated just how insane that, that really was. You know? Right. He's <laughs> living life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's how it felt. It's just like, right. oh, I was a rebel, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And, um, went to rehab again at 18 again, same thing. Um, and then after that, you know, that's, that's when it, for, for the next like five, five, six years, a lot of everything that they said would happen finally happened. Right. I started, you know, taking a lot of pills and, and things started to begin progressively worse. And I look, I had a lot of fun, right. People that, you know, deny that part of it. Right. There was, I had a lot of great memories from back then. Right. Yeah. We, we, we partied, we had yeah. fun, you know? Um, but it got to a point, right. First it was fun. Then it was fun with problems and then it was just problems. Right. Um, and so, I caught my first charge. Uh, I ended up going to state jail here in Texas uh, for possession of cocaine. So I got arrested first and got probation. I literally got released, and I didn't even make it 12 hours. And you was back. <laughs> I got arrested again Damn. with a sack of weed. <laughs> when I went back to court on Monday, you know, I was like pleading with the attorney to like, please get him to reinstate me. And he was like, I'll see what I can do. And he, and he came back, and he sat down, and he's like, uh, Mr. Hansen. <laughs> oh, now you're now you were Hansen now. <laughs> it's like that. You didn't have a good weekend, did you, son? <laughs> oh my like, god. He's like, they are not gonna put you back on probation. It's like, all right. So they sent me to state jail. And that was kind of crazy. It's at 19 years old, um, from going from like having no criminal history to going to to prison. You know, it was only six months that time, but still it was like <laughs> Holy shit. You know? Yeah, no shit. And, 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 and so, yeah, man, I mean, it was, it was a really crazy experience. Um, and then again, after I got out, things got even worse. I started shooting methamphetamines and, and smoking PCP and like all this other stuff, you know, and started and, 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 you know, partially because of going to prison and the people I started, I met there. Right. Yeah. Then the yeah. crowd that I was around shifted dramatically. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then the people like, it, it, things just got really dark. Right. I right. saw a darkness that I had not yet seen. Right. Right. Um, and so the second time I went to prison, I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it saved my life. Okay. I, I would have died if I didn't, if I thank God, um, you got caught. Yeah. Because part of, part of it was I posted a bond. My mom actually helped me post a bond for that charge. Uh, but I kept going to court without an attorney. Um, cause I couldn't hire one, but they said, Oh, if you have money to post a bond, you have money to hire an attorney. So they wouldn't give me a court appointed oh, attorney. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they finally said, if you show up to court one more time without an attorney, we're gonna arraign you and you're gonna you're going you're going to jail. <laughs> so of course the next time came and I was like, I mean, 
I'm not going to court, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not just going to walk into the jail. I mean, <laughs> right? To come catch me. Uh, but then they called me and they were like, "Cause my mom was on the hook, yeah, financially." And no, they're like, we're, "We're coming after your mom if if you don't show up." Yeah, because so, yeah. eventually they start putting collateral. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And so she only put ten percent of it, right? But the full amount was like I don't know, twenty five, thirty grand or something like that. Yeah. So I used to do bail bonding. So yeah, you put. You put yeah, 10% yeah, yeah. in, and, and then it's like these, they're actual bonds, right? It's a piece of paper that you sign and you give to the court and say, hey, he gave me 10% of 30 grand, three grand. I understand. So, I watched okay. Dog the Bounty Hunter, man. <laughs> oh, bro. Yeah, oh, it's not It's not like that. I didn't have no pepper spray or goddamn or a police thing. I'm just but saying. No. But no, they coming. They try to crucify. Like, we try yeah. to crucify folks that don't show up. Yeah, I mean. You gotta yeah. get your money, man. Yeah, true. Well, that that's that's gonna lead me into a whole other discussion about right. the criminal justice system and and, <laughs> bail, re, and bail reform and all this. Yeah, 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 it's broken. It's it's, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's it's anyways. Um, but when they sold me that, you know, I found, I made the decision. I was like, all right, I'm gonna turn myself in. Um, we went down to Galveston the night before. A friend of mine took me down there because I was like planning on turning myself in the next day. You know, right. So we went down to the to the boardwalk. And uh, rode the, the Ferris wheel and all those things. It was really bittersweet because I was just enjoying the view over the ocean, sitting like thinking to myself, "Well, you know, this is it. I'm going to jail tomorrow." <laughs> you know. And so we we went, and um, I called my mom and said, "Hey, I'm on my way to Baytown. Meet me at the bond office." Because they were they were still on some bullshit. You know, they were still right. trying to convince both me and my mom that like things everything was going to be okay. Of course, I was like, "Look, listen, like I'm coming anyways." Like. You don't have to do this to me. Right, right. Don't insult me, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, we'll work with you. We'll figure out a way to... I mean, they told my mom the same thing. I said, Mom, meet me up there. Because in, in Texas, when you when, when you go to, to prison, if you don't have somebody to pick up your property, it, when you get to the unit you're going to, they destroy it. Your yep. phone, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, they don't keep it. Yeah, no, they don't. You have your family's like ten days to come yeah. up there. And I was it. on I was on duty when I I worked at Barley State Jail destroying shit. So there you <laughs> yeah. go. It's funny people didn't think it was true when they get there. They say yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna crack your phone. They're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> people be like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to tell you, uh, you know. Oh, so I told man. my mom, I said, meet me up there. I need I need to give you all my stuff. And she's like, Grant, it's okay. You're not going. I was like, mom. Oh, so she, yeah, she, she's listening to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah it broke I mean, my heart yeah, for my her. Baby going to jail, yeah, like yeah, no matter yeah. how old you was, yeah, 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 yeah. that yeah. mother's love is something exactly. serious. Ain't it, it, Mama it, bears. Oh, look, I don't even, man, don't even get me started. I'm gonna start crying. You know, um, ah, when she she showed up around here. Yeah, that's it, 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 <laughs> and I cry frequently. You know, and I think about that kind of stuff. And uh, and she, you know, she was put, she put money on my books. She was answering my phone calls and wow. and all those things and. Um, she only visited me once, thank God, because you know you think you want people to visit you, yeah. um, but then when it happens, it's just it makes you real, you know what I mean? It yeah, just, like, fucks you up a little bit. Yeah. It's like ah, all right, don't come back up here, please. Um, especially when I got to see the way they treated the visitors coming in, the way they would shake them down. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. hell no, <laughs> like no, I just contraband. Have... Yeah, yeah, they're stopping yeah, the contraband. Like, my mom's not gonna be so, subjected to that. So how long did you? How so? The first time you went in was for six months. Six months, yeah. Okay, and then now the second time, a little over a year. Okay, um, and uh, and so yeah, the, but the second time was easier than the first time though because I was prepared. I knew what was coming. I mean, I I literally guessed the amount of time they were going to try to give me before I ever went to court. Like right. I, I pretty much was already saw it coming. I knew okay. what was coming. You know, so I it wasn't nearly as big of a shock this time. You know, I was okay. I was more mentally prepared for it. 
Um, same stage. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, was you, did yeah. you go to the same oh, spot? Yeah, it was the same, oh. it was the same spot. Yeah. Well, so the first time, that unit technically is a medical unit. So right. if you're not on some kind of psych meds or something, right, they try right. to send you back downtown Houston to the state jail down there called Joe Keegan's. Uh, it's basically like county jail. It's yeah. there's no movement. You're sitting in the dorm. There's you know what I mean. And I'm like, it's the first time they see because everybody's like, oh, you want to go down there because there's air conditioning. Oh in, wow, but in, yeah. in, in Texas, a lot most a lot of prisons don't have air conditioning in them, oh. right? Um, there's a heating system for like the winter time, but the air, but the, <laughs> they, they tried to warn me, you know, uh, and the, so that first time they ended up sending me to, to Joe Keegan's and they call it top street. And, um, so the second time I was like, I do, I am not going back there too. Like that was horrible. And I, I just wanted to move around. Well, they wouldn't, uh, they didn't want to, they did cause I went to classification. Right. Um, and they tried to, I was like, please, like I'm a drug addict. It was a it was a it was a credit card theft charge. Right. Oh, I was like, okay. I'm a drug addict. I need I need to be in the drug pro because that's the only other way. Either you take psych meds or you're in the drug program. Gotcha. Which they had there at the unit, and I was like, I need to be in the drug program. They're like, Well, they have AA meetings over at Top Street. And I was like, No, no, no. I need to be here in the drug program. And they wouldn't hear it in the ward. The assistant warden was like, Tell tell them that down there. And he's oh. like, You're going. He's like, There's no talk. I was like, All right, all right. You want to play? And so I went out on the bowling alley coming back from Chow, and I basically set it up with a buddy of mine that I was going to pretend like I was hearing voices. <laughs> um, and it, it ended up working, okay? Uh, but it was a little... <laughs> so he was like, I was walking down the bowling alley doing like this, and my buddy behind me was looking at the guard pointing at me like, you know, <laughs> and the guard pulled me aside. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? He's like, man, I'm hearing voices. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, Sarge. I mean, he yells it across the bowling alley. God's hearing voices. And so everybody hears him, you know, and I'm just like, oh, shit, man. So he brings me over there, and he's like, man, how long you been hearing voices, man? <laughs> I was like, about a year. He's like, why you ain't telling nobody nothing? I was like, well, because I was afraid y'all was going to lock me up. He's like, well, shit, we finna lock you up. <laughs> I was like, no. Uh, but anyways, man, I'll, I'll, I'll move on past this. It was um, a very... I'm so grateful for that experience. You know, it, it, it looking at, looking at oh, it now, oh, dude, it, 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 not just for the relatability, right. But dude, it toughened me up in so many ways. Like, and it also, if nothing else, man, it, it made me realize that I was not immune to those consequences. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I had kind of navigated life up to that point, sort of feeling like I was like immune to these consequences, you know, like I was going to be one of these guys who could just get out of trouble all the time. Right. Cause you know, we talk about it all the time, like right. when you got kids or, young adults who they don't pay they don't pay the consequences for the action so if i keep getting over that's yeah. my mindset exactly. I'm untouchable right 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 do you do you think that something like that and i i put it out there because we we say there's nothing off limits rich kids right mommy daddy yeah got a lawyer in jail they skate through life yeah through high school they're thinking they're untouchable right. until they're 18 and now well, that's right that, that's the, I, I say that all the time yeah. like you know Cause like, again, I mentioned my family was all involved in the school right. district, teachers, coaches, and it didn't necessarily keep me out of trouble. In fact, it backfired on me uh, at times. Cause you know, they weren't, they weren't having it. They were like, you know, beat his ass. If you, if he acts up, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. they, they weren't, you know, they weren't like that. They weren't about to come get me out of trouble, but that wasn't even an option. You know, I feel like people did sort of show me favor at times just because, Oh, you're coach Thompson's grandson, you know, and even in jail, 
No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, shit. I was like, your grandpa. I was like, your grandpa had some reach, boy. I get two trades every night. I was like, shit. He must have won state titles or some shit. My bad, bro. I, I, I didn't mean to. I was like, damn, even in jail. He's a boss, man. Uh, <laughs> and you're there. Why? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, and that was the thing, too. Like, you know, he was there. He was alive still when I got out the first time. As a matter of fact, he was the first person. I went to see him. my mom took me over to, to their house, my grandmother and my grandfather to see him. And uh, I think that when I told him that day was the first they really even knew that I had where I had been that whole time. Wow. And that second time he died that year. He died that January. It was 2013. He passed away in January that year. And I went to I went back to prison in June of that year. And I think at one point while I was locked up, it just I, I had a dream about him. And I, I remember that dream. And I remember waking up and just being very like it hit me like man he's not like he's not gonna be there waiting for me right you know and it, it just started this domino effect of thoughts of like you know one day nobody's gonna be out there waiting on me when i get out like if i keep this up and, and I, I remember i'll never forget the very first time i ever went to jail at all it was a little city jail for a traffic ticket i did this like four or five days and i remember this dude was sleeping underneath over over on the other side there's four of us in there and I was young and I was just talking all these dumbass, like made up stories about all this shit I was doing. You know, you know how it is. And and yeah, you gotta pump yourself up. Yeah, shit, yeah. Little 17 year old. What you pig. what you in here for? <laughs> yeah, right. Driving too fast. <laughs> you know, you gotta so you gotta good, say with you know, some and, and this dude, I remember <laughs> I remember finally he cut me off one time and he stood up and he looks over. I mean, he got up out of his bunk and he stopped and he looks at me and says, Youngster, you think that shit's cool, man? Like for real? He said, if you think that shit's cool, you keep on. And you look around you, because this is exactly what your life is going to look like. Shit. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I thought about that dude uh, when I went to prison, yeah. you know. And I just remember looking at my at the, my his, my criminal history and, okay, every time it gets progressively worse, too. And eventually I'm going to do something and I'm not going to get out, you know. Yeah. Right, because they got the what? Three strikes, three strike rule? Yeah, man, it's, it's Texas is very unforgiving in that way. And, yeah. Um, I just knew that, you know, maybe I was going to do life on the installment plan like some guys I would meet in there. Like they never they, they, they would get out, you know, but they're basically doing a life sentence. They would just come Yeah, because they, they got comfortable. Yeah, that's right. The, that's the yeah, new lifestyle. Right. That's but, yeah, yeah. That's the new lifestyle. That, right? Recivitism. You get, you, recivitism. I mean, you know, when those guys go out, especially the guys that don't got shit outside. Yeah. Like they ain't got no support system because I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, I used to uh, when I was at Barlow State Jail processing a guy out. He's like, "I'll be back." Yeah, I'm. <laughs> and like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm 18, 19 working in the state jail. He's like, "Hey, don't worry about it." Hey, Gabe, I'll be back. I'm like, but think right. about it though. It's it's you don't you don't have no worries again. Like once you get out for whatever you got going on, you moving, moving, moving. That's and very then, true. And then shit stops, and he's like, true. "Now I'm yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, let true. me go get comfortable." Institutionalized, right? right? right. Well, that's, 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 that's it for, for me. That was a huge, a huge thing. And I remember somebody was like, dude, look a week after you get out, it'll be like, you were never here. And I just remember, and he, he was right, man. I mean, what if when you first get out, right, that first day or two, you're just like, shit, you know, like you wake up in your actual bed and eat some, you know, go eat whatever the fuck you want to eat. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Those, those things, right. You can step outside. Nobody can stop you, you know, of course. So you're just like, but I mean, after a few days, it was just crazy to me how quickly I was right back at, you know, that, yeah. That, yeah. that second time I got out too, um, you know, and I tell this, 
this story all the time when people, especially when people talk about addiction as if there's this willpower component, right? Like people can just pull themselves up and stop. Yeah. And, and I remember that day, I remember when I got out, um, my mom, you know, she came to pick me up from the unit. When I walked out, I got in her car and, you know, like we just like sat there for a minute. I just reached over and she, she grabbed my hand and, and uh, like, we both just started crying. And I just remember looking at her and being like, you know, I'm never going to do that again. Right. And I'm, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, dude, when I said that, I'm, I mean, I meant it. Like right. I was serious. I said, I'm never doing that after again. the year. After that, you did your year and a half. Yeah, or? that was it. That was the last go round. Yeah, right. Oh, okay, that was, that was the last okay. time I went. And, and but the crazy thing is, is within about two hours, I was high. Two hours, we went to see my grandmother, and uh, when, when I when we were leaving, she she like she just stopped me and she handed me fifty dollars, and that was it. As soon as and she put just, that money, as soon as that money touched my hand, dude, the calculator started. You know, like. As a dope, as a dope fiend, at that you know at the time, like you just when you, you have a certain amount of money, right? You you automatically start breaking it down in your head, like all right, this goes to this, is cigarettes, this is gas, this is you know, blah blah blah, and uh, and yeah, I was gone when I came back. I was high. My mom just, I remember looking at her, and she was just like, "WTF?" Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Not only did it break her heart, but I think she was just dumbfounded. Like after what just happened, how could how could a rational human being do that again? And right, and, that, right, right, and that's right. when I say, you know. I, that's when I say, like, to me, like, you know, I've heard people, oh, it's willpower. It's willpower. It's willpower. Yeah. I mean, it may be, but you're not in that motherfucker's shoes when, yeah. when shit's down and out. And I mean, I, I, I truly believe mental health is, 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 it's not a fairy tale. Right. You know, you're at that, at that point in time, your mentality was, that's probably and the first still... thing, you, the first thing you thought about was, all right. I'm gonna be able to get this amount. Yeah. And how, and how old were you was at that time? You was the second time. Um, twenty twenty two. I got yeah. out. I was twenty two when I got out. Yeah. And then at twenty two, you know, depends on your maturity, your growth. Like you don't have the thought process of a man yet. Anyway, like you know, right. to make grown grown man right. decisions, you're just basing it off of that's right feelings and how I feel right now. Exactly. Yeah. And that was that was like you know in the in the in the 12 step world in the world of recovery right we always reference this thing called a step one experience it's basically where you just have this moment where you just you cut you have a moment of clarity where you're like literally nothing that i'm doing is is working like everything continues to get worse despite my best efforts right and uh and I just had this total, and every, people ask me, right? Especially people who've never like personally struggled or, or maybe they love right. a person who's struggling and they just want answers, right? And they're just like, so Grant, like, what was it? Like, what was it? Because like maybe their loved one has been to treatment or whatever 15 times and they just can't get it together. And they're like, what was it, Grant? Like, what was it that finally made you get changed? That was my, that was going to be my that next question. That was my next question. Like, that's, what, a, what? that's a common question, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and. And I can't speak for everybody else because I even even be having been in those shoes, I'll even be working with people and I'll even ask that question like, what the fuck is it going to take, man? Like, seriously, you know, you just look at a person making these insane decisions and you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you, <laughs> you know, so, but when you talk and that's when you're talking, you know, when you're helping somebody out, does that take you back? When it, you're when you're like and then yeah, you, like, you 
you look back and you're like, fuck, what was I thinking? Well, it does, man, from an emotional and experiential place, right? Right. But but the thing about, like, your mindset, Mm -hmm. I think, at least for me, is that once you evolve in that way and you start thinking a different way, it's it's really hard to imagine a time when you didn't, right? Because you you can't take your mind back to a place of not knowing something that you know, right? It's like you can't unring a bell, right? Once you know the truth... Yeah. You can't unlearn that truth. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's why, right, there's a lot of work that we do in the 12-step world that reveals a lot of that, a lot about ourselves to us, right? And it's like you go through this work, this body right. of work, and you see all this stuff on paper about yourself that you're like, holy shit, this is true. And then and then say so you have a relapse and you go back to trying to live that life. Dude, it's even worse because now mm. you're doing this, but now you know all these things about yourself. Right. That, so now you kind of compensate. And then overdo it again. Right. And it just gets exactly. worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and so my you know, back to that question, my my answer has like the easiest way for me to say it now is it was a complete and total collapse of ego. Okay. It, okay. it, it was right, surely it was not, it, you know, it had something to do that my, my externals were pretty bad, um, those things, but you see people who have plenty of money could commit suicide and and right, it's not about that, it's right. Um, it's about this internal place that I, that I'm at, right. Where no matter what I try or what I do, my life still continues to get, to get worse, whether that's externally or internally. Right. And, and I just finally snapped and I was like, like, I'm either going to kill myself or this has got to change. Like there's no other alternative. Right. And, and I remember that day, it was just before I had gone to Kerrville. I was sitting in the lobby of this motel, and I, uh, I'd never really been like a, like a suicidal guy, right? I had like these thoughts of like I just want to kill myself, but at that moment, like all I could think was, I don't know, at least what I believe necessarily that comes after this, but it's got to be better than this. Like this Absolutely. sucks, yeah. and I don't know. I can't see any other way out, you know. And, oh. And that's how that we that. one of our viewers has a question and guys, ap- I apologize because I wasn't really paying to the, the comments and I appreciate you being there. Cigar or he's, he's one Jones? of our main dude. Yeah. And yes. then uh, hey, hello, Kristen. And hey, Shell. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get your attention and be like, yo, oh, shit yeah, I, 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 didn't you, even... I thought you were looking at it over there. No, <laughs> that's the problem when the computer is not on the table. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's it's all right. I'll I'll probably uh pay for it later. But well, while while y'all listening and Gabe about to uh go to the question, go ahead and uh go ahead and take this time to like, share, or right, get, get like and share, like and share. Yeah, absolutely. So Cigar wants to know: Is relapse part of recovery? Do you think relapse is part of recovery? Like, well, a lot of times it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, okay. You know, I don't personally, I don't know that many people who got it on their first try. Okay. Right. Um, I think the thing to know is that it's, it's, uh, it, it can be, and there's no shame around that. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know what okay. I mean? Um, but that's a good, that's a question. Yes. That I've, that I get a lot, um, you know, changing the conversation around that. And, and that's a whole nother man. I got, there's, there's way more. We don't have enough time for all that, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's a good question. Thanks for asking. Oh, so, so, okay. So then, you got to a point where you were your mindset flipped, not not so much suicidal tendencies, but you just said there's got to be a better life of it. Yeah. So now, how did you find the support 
So that's another thing that a lot of people ask. Like, I hear it from me reading about it and and and, and stories is like, I didn't know where to go. Um, where can I find support? Um, you know, stuff like that. So for you, when you're sitting in that motel lobby, like, where where did you go? Where did you turn to for for that support to start to start your your turnaround? That particular day, I didn't have my cell phone wasn't on turned on, but there was Wi-Fi there, so I was using one of those text free numbers, you know, yeah. and just texting people. I mean, honestly, dude, it, it, I was just texting people, telling telling the people that I could text what I was planning on doing. Honestly, just trying to get somebody to talk me out of it because I yeah, didn't really, didn't really want to do, do it. it you know? right, right. And and honestly, dude, it, it it tripped me out because nobody really tried to nobody you know people were like man it sucks bro and like you know it was very short and i was just like right <sighs> now were these people in like your same circle doing the same things you're doing or these people some, like outside some. of the, the, that world yeah right? there were yeah it was some of that and there were some friends you know who like still party but like i had i continued having to to switch friend groups the worse and worse i got right but i texted uh finally a, a friend of mine who um she was my cousin's ex-girlfriend and we had gotten close to it finally and and I texted her and she said, don't, don't move. I'm on my way. And, oh, nice. uh, all good, big dog. I mean, like, I mean, she, she saved my life really, you know, her and her boyfriend yeah, and her son drove, drove up and they picked me up and, um, <clears throat> and I remember they were, they were listening to zero and, uh, <laughs> Houston. Know, yeah, bro. Absolutely. And, and I remember the lyrics to that song. I remember he, and it was a trip, dude. You're right. He yeah. said. I don't know if the sun shines on the other side, but I bet my mom ain't seen a rainy day since she died. And I was like, boom. Yeah, now that, that literally was the epitome of what, what was going on yeah. inside me at that at that moment, that very moment. You know, it's like, that's right. It was like, I don't know what it's like on the other side, but man, I, it's it's better than this. It's got to be. Yeah. And um, Kristen asked a question. Do you believe in, <clears throat> she's asking, do you believe in counting days or learning how to be responsible as part of that recovery? um as far as counting days i think that's subjective to each person whatever it is they decide they want they feel they want to do uh, that's never really been something i've personally done too much in the first you know three six nine months i did you know but after that yeah, i'm 90 days so yeah, yeah. It, but if that's what if that's something that somebody needs to do i did do that when i quit smoking cigarettes though that okay. was you know it's so like I a get, motivational like yeah piece like right it, for some people man it really helps days, them 60 days 90 days exactly like, it's, it's these milestones right yeah. absolutely oh but at some point right the sober the time sober is not the priority right the quality of sobriety is the priority okay you know what that i mean makes like sense. if you have 30 just because you have 30 years doesn't necessarily mean i want what you got you can be sober and still not have a life that i'm attracted to mm. right okay. somebody else with a year sober may be thriving and in, in, a, in a much more right spiritually they're just in a different place right it doesn't really matter as much um, absolutely but 20 years what do you mean by that kristen like counting 20 years you heard something yeah yeah yeah, yeah kids Mike Jones, hey. that man has been the fire. I'm pretty sure in the fire yeah. or something like that. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 my guy, Mike Jones. I've been uh, me and him been we served together. Okay, that's been my bro for life. And like I said, he everybody got a story, yeah. right? Yeah, right. but right. But what I'm just saying is like, but that's what we preach and that what we talk about all the time because of so right. many people we know inside the military, outside the military. Yeah. What, just it's life, like right. you know what I'm saying, and, it's, and and just like I said, just like the the mental health 
piece of it. It's right. like, at what point, like, how do we figure out to get that help for mental health? I think that's the problem, though, right. because a lot of us don't think, like, we hear mental health, but that's not what we're thinking about. Because like you said in the beginning, mental health is crazy, right. locked up house, Everybody, you know what yeah. I'm saying? People think but, that requires an official diagnosis. Right. And it doesn't, because it could be anything, I mean, I don't know, like, I I've I felt like sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, man, I need to talk to somebody, especially being deployed, helping out, going through the shit that we went through, like things that happen to you. And I want to say this, it doesn't just have to be war for you to have PTSD and, and all that stuff. Significant event in your life. Yeah, sure. it's it's something critical that happened, whether it's, you know, getting stabbed, getting shot, whatever the case yeah. may be. So everybody suffers from it. But I think we me personally like i failed to be like now nah, i'm good yeah like no nah, that can't that can't be me yeah. you well, know because it's like i said yeah it's, ego. it's, it's that same ego that pride <laughs> right. because like i said right if you crying what the baby's gonna do right because you gotta as a man you running your household you, you always think like i'm good like maybe i do need to go right. talk to grant maybe i do need to come talk to gabe or mike jones or anybody on here yeah but as a man sometimes you be like yo like, yeah. i'm not weak so i gotta take by any means necessary. And right. then, like, unfortunately, sometimes it, the stress is probably so built up. And then you like, let me try this. Right. And then it just. Well, but the thing is, it, and I see that Kristen clarified uh, right. that question. And I'll, I'll put it up there. So basically, and, and she's probably in the same wavelength I am, because I was going to ask you that, right? You're sober for X many years. Can you be responsible enough now? Depending on what that addiction is, right? Right, because I don't remember you saying it was an alcohol addiction. It was just pretty. Yeah, for me personally, it's not that I didn't drink. I definitely yeah, did yeah. too, right? When it was around, but it wasn't like my my first choice, right? It right. wasn't my go to. Gotcha. And that's a good question, right? There's a it, that depends on who you ask, uh, Kristen. There's different schools of thought around that. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If I I have personally had friends in that same exact situation that I have watched, you know, they'll start like smoking weed again or start, you know, drinking beer again here and there. And they they seem to be just fine. Right. But I've also seen it go the other way. Mm. I've seen people twist off with that much time and just start casually drinking again. And before you know it, they're popping pills or shooting. I mean, literally like that. So Um, it's a sec. Would it be a segue? I mean. For me, dude, I don't see it's. I call it the, the sobriety cake mix, and I don't even like to use the word sobriety as the measuring stick, right? For right. me, it's about quality of recovery. Um, and if you can do that and drink beer, then that, that okay, great. Like that's awesome. I'm not going to judge you for that, man. That's my question is: is what you're doing is the quality of your life improving as a result of it or not? Right. The sobriety piece is just part of that, and that's yeah. and that's for each person to decide for themselves. I personally. The results I've gotten in my life and the way the way that I've grown in my life, like I don't even why would I take a chance of messing with that cake mix? Right. I don't know what piece of that sobriety cake mix I can remove and still get the same result. Yeah. And Janine says it's a beautiful thing when you can express the need for help and someone to talk to. Absolutely. And as as men, I, I try to break that barrier because we've been taught throughout the our timeline you don't ask for help. You figure that shit out, yeah, right. you know, because if you do, it's kind of like being emotional on our emotional intelligence one. Right. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking saying like we were taught not to cry as men. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now that got kind of changed. And then, um, Michelle has a, um, Michelle has a question. She says, what advice can you give your viewers that may be going through this? What are some resources and first steps? Well, I mean, if the first, the first step, you know, 
of, of, you know, in regards to anything like that is just reaching out. Like you can just, it doesn't have to be a professional, right? You can reach out to a family member, just somebody to confide in and begin that process and just start putting it out there. Hey, like, this is something I'm struggling with. I need resources. And it's, it's just like in anything, not just addiction, but in business or anything, right? You start, Absolutely. you start putting it out in the atmosphere. This is what I need and what I need help with, right? Those resources will start to find you. And, and, you know, go, again, like I'm, I've mentioned 12 step recovery, AA meetings and in any, in any of those other anonymous meetings, those are free meetings. You can go to those, right? You can, you can find somebody to go with you if you want to. Um, if it's something that requires residential treatment or something like that, right. I'm happy to help with something like that. Um, you know, but just, but just reaching out in general. Right. Absolutely. And I, man, and I, I, I kind of love that. I'll put it back up there, but I kind of love that, that you said that because I kind of feel like you put out there, you being a resource and the way you put yourself out there on, on, on the IG, on your Facebook, you know, people see that people know who you are and that's somebody like, man, I, let me just instant message Grant real quick, right. just cause I have a question and that just opens the dialogue. And I've, and I've also been a very advocate of just because you're not going through it doesn't mean somebody close to you doesn't. So I always, I always want to ask, how are you doing? Like outside of business. Like how you doing? And I know yeah. one of our favorite podcasts, yeah. I am athlete. They yeah. they they do a, they do a mental check, like yeah. where then, you are. And, so and then it's like, because how many times a day do you really hear that? Right. Like you don't, bro. Like where you really like? I mean, you hear it at your house, like when with your yeah. with your wife, because but it but it comes with like um, not that it's just routine, but you know I don't really care how my lady doing, like right. or my husband doing, or, or right. you know when she asking me or whatnot. It's just another resource, just like you said. Like if somebody hits you up on IG, just to talk. Now it's like a, I'm taking as a judge-free person, right? Because right. you know sometimes the right. people close to you is like you trying to be so tough or the the your your statue with them, and then you just don't want you just want True. to talk to somebody different, you Absolutely. know, with a different perspective, right? Right. Yeah. You got to. Um. And I know. Yeah, Mike Jones. He, Mike Jones asked, "What made you say enough is enough?" And that's that's when that's when you say you were in the lobby and you just said. Yeah, man, but I, like, was is, it a specific thing, or is it just everything came together? Boom! Right now, enough is enough. Time now. Yeah, it, well, so I had multiple moments like that, right? And 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 in our world, in the history of the twelve step world, right, there was a guy named Dr. Harry Tebow, um, and he published these papers. And one of the things that he discussed in there was the 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 reconstruction of the ego, right, and how rapidly that can happen, right? How you could have a moment of total collapse. And within just a 24-hour period, right? Oh man, it wasn't all that bad. You know, I'm <laughs> right. overreacting. It's yeah. not that bad. You know, and so I'm telling you know, when people have that moment of like, I need help, you've got to act on it now because tomorrow they may not feel that way, you yeah. know. Um, and so I had multiple moments like that, but dude, I'm so grateful that I was not what you would call a functioning drug addict. Um when I get high, when I do those things, I pretty much lose my right to operate as a free man on this planet very quickly. That's just what my yeah, experience was. was. He's, he's, <laughs> you were I'm serious. That's just because I, you know, I have, a, yeah. I have a beacon for law enforcement. You know, it's like, oh, Mr. Hanson, you know. Uh, but but because, because of that, I could not look at my experience and question whether or not there was a problem, right? So guys like me, I feel like honestly have it better because we have such a crazy fucked up life as a result of our choices 
that it's like, oh, okay, well, obviously there's a problem here, you know. Yeah. But somebody who has the car, who has a house, who has the family, who has all these external things and is still living this life kind of like a double life, those are the ones that die because they right. think that they don't have a problem because they, they're not living under a bridge. Yep. You know, and it kills them. Um, so yeah. those are the ones, man, that, that stress me out. Yeah, and <clears throat> I know we're talking – heavily on addiction because we're on, on on grand story and stuff like that but to our viewers man it's it's so much more it's it's depression it's mood swings it's i mean just talk to somebody that that's what i yeah. i mean i'm a people person and i like talking to people so you'll know if something's fucked up with me because i yeah. won't be the same right yeah but uh, but you know what i'm saying like because it had to me that's that's because that's i wear my well though, i wear my emotions on my sleeves right I'm not a man's man and shit. You know what I mean? I don't fucking have an axe and go chop my own fucking Christmas tree. So, like, when you know something's fucking wrong with me, like, my wife knows when something's wrong with me. Yeah. When I'm quiet and I'm making jokes. And so that's what I'm saying. When you know your friends and you know something, you can tell when something's right. off. And instead of saying, oh, he's probably having a bad day, fucking ask. That's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo. I tried that today. It didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not with you on that one though. Why? Because <laughs> I know what you're talking about. What I'm am not. I talking about? Uh, what? When you asked Janine what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not touching <laughs> it. Don't worry. Not with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wah, we, wah, we, wah, we got wah. that button. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But um <laughs> no man. So you got you got support. You you did your thing. So how long have you been? Three. It's seven years next month on the fifteenth. Hell yeah, man! Congratulations, bro. Man, I appreciate that. No, absolutely. Um, and now, how did you get in touch with with Rise and all these people? Because that's probably a story in itself how you got involved with them. But I mean, like I said, I see what you guys are doing and all these events that y'all are putting out. But how did you through your recovery system? How did you? What made you decide that you wanted to help others? That that was a question that I wanted to ask you. Well, that would be happening regardless, even okay. if I didn't do this professionally, right? That's okay. still part of my, right? That's like just the altruistic side of this thing. Okay. Um, and in fact, that's the direction I was trying to go. Like I tried not to go into the treatment industry in the beginning. Like I was like, I made it a, like an intentional decision to not do that because mm -hmm. I felt like it's a very cliche thing to happen for people to get sober and want to become like a counselor. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did it. So now I'm subject matter expert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and a lot of times I started to see and feel like people would do it out of default because they're like, they don't know what else they can do. They're like, I don't know if I have any other skill sets. Well, I've been in recovery, so maybe I can just be a drug and alcohol counselor or something like that, you know? Right. And so I tried not to do that. I was like, well, no. Um, but I just kind of got called to it, you know, after, after a certain period of time. And, and I started washing dishes at a treatment center there out in Kerrville, very well-known treatment center in our world. And um, that was really interesting to take a job washing dishes. Cause in my mind, I was like, <laughs> I should be out, you know, right. uh, running the place by now. And <laughs> you know? yeah, but it was humbling. And I just remember having these pep talks like this is just the beginning. Right. This is my foot in the door. Absolutely. And uh, like, this is not forever. Right. This is temporary. Uh, this is a stepping stone. And and I just kind of navigated my way through that. I got to finally go out into direct care. Then I went to another treatment center and worked in the detox there and taught classes and then I got a chance to transition out into the business development side for a company here in Austin. And um, when I did that, I'm very lucky that they gave me that opportunity. And I discovered that I was actually pretty gifted at that. Um, and so I finally moved out here from Kerrville 
um, was engaged at one point. And that's, that's actually what brought me out here. Um, and during that time, uh, I met Dan, who's the founder of Rise, okay. towards the end of 2018. And uh, a guy that I met at a conference in Colorado hooked us up. And uh, he, he was living here down in New Braunfels at the time. And, um, and anyways, we met and we hit it off. Uh, shortly after that, I left that treatment, so that, that treatment facility and Dan had been sort of, Hey man, you should come work with me. You should come work with me, you know? And, and I, I, I wasn't ready to, I didn't know if I was ready to make that leap. But then when me and, and that other facility parted ways, um, I called him and we just kind of began working together at that time and and back then it was still just like we were doing some contract work but mostly we were just doing you know interventions transport treatment placement just all that kind of ancillary stuff right and then we began this relationship with the hospital system and just approached them with this conversation about the medical side of things and dan is not he's not a doctor but he was a combat medic right and so he has a lot of medical knowledge and so he kind of put this stuff together and said hey this is what i want to do and that was in 2019 and I actually was the one who found the, the hospital system. I, I went and just, I was door knocking, man, uh, literally. Insane. And and I remember finally getting the chance to talk to this medical director who was just sitting there eating his lunch. Yeah, yeah, like, like, I don't got a time for this guy. Yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. listening to it. And a month later, I got an email from one of their owners. And I was like, what? And so we went and met with them. And, uh, and it kind of began as this thing. They were like pretty doubtful about whether or not it would even work. But they were like, we'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. You know, fast forward to now it's evolved into this like we have our own rise an actual part of the hospital system now and we have our own medical director our own nurse practitioners or I mean, just our own staff within the hospital right and i am a three-time convicted felon uh as a director of this development for a hospital system and i don't take right. that lightly you know and that's that's now a platform that i'm really focused on uh because what i really want to do now is is um you know focus a lot more on starting conversations with these big corporations and companies around uh re- just reconsidering let criminal history be the thing that that makes them disqualify people you know yeah go ahead buddy no i must say that it's crazy because did you say that because it like i said the platform you have now your past is not defining you and you just not it, it didn't close the door on you right you know what i'm saying and but but like you want to say a lot of times people are discouraged from trying to do anything who have a record because they already know the backlash they're probably going right, to get. Right. You know? And that's what I, I try to tell people, man. Don't don't fucking settle. You'll find a niche. Yeah. Right. Just fucking keep pushing, man, because I I that's one thing, dude. If there's anything I can do to help you with that shit, I'm all for it because I don't, you know, I don't judge a book by its cover. I used to, and then it slapped me in the face and I'll never do it again. Right. Uh because I mean, look at you, bro. It's you're you're a walking example of you did not let your past define who you were going right. to be. Right. And I, I fucking admire that about you, dude. And and I had one more question, or I had another question. Uh, did spirituality at all? Did you did you pray? Did you did you bring that all into part of your you know recovery? You know, absolutely. I mean, that's that, that that's the center of it right okay. and 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 for different people that can mean different things and that's why the 12-step world is so sacred to me uh because we all come together with these uh, just a variety of of spiritual beliefs and 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 viewpoints 
and there's no friction amongst us over them, right? I could be at a table eating dinner with somebody who practices Buddhism, shamanism, Christianity, Catholicism, and, and everything in between. Somebody who prays to a doorknob as their higher prayer. I mean, yeah. seriously, dude. And <laughs> and it doesn't matter, like, because we can still speak in those spiritual terms and jive with each other regardless. You know, it's not about it's not about like the specific belief itself, right? The 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 point of it is like, hey, look your best thinking uh, and ideas have gotten you right here, okay? So are you willing to consider that there is something out there bigger that can guide you in this, right? Or that can yeah. help you with this? And and the truth is, it's like you really aren't left with a choice because you're just like, well, I sure fucking hope there is because <laughs> right, right. like my, my if, I, if my thinking is the, is the ultimate, I mean, I mean, let's see where it's, yeah. where I'm at now, you know, but you can't really... I think the whole conversation is not necessarily, oh, you have to believe X, Y, Z. It was more like, hey, be willing to like lay aside prejudice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be willing to kind of discard old ideas for new ideas, right? Things that no longer serve me for ideas now that that that, that do serve me. And so spirituality and that journey for me has been it's been really bittersweet, right? Because it's it can be really sad at times. Um, cause you go into these times where you you start to question your own beliefs and you start to wonder right. what does it all mean and, and all these things. Right. Right. And, um, it, but it's, it's, it's also a very beautiful thing because when you start to ask these questions, you start to find other people who are asking the same questions. Absolutely. You know? And it's just a beautiful thing. We can come together in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just feel like I, you have to believe in yourself. Right. I think in a way as, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to me as a person, and you're in that situation, like, even though you've made some bad choices, even though there's kind of a point in time where you have to look in yourself, one, self-accountability, but then be like, I, I believe that I can do this. Yeah. Because, and then the other thing to me, and Grant, you tell me, I think that you can believe in yourself, but you need to take fucking action on it, too. Absolutely. Because if you don't, you know, it's like, you know, I say it all the time. The dream is free, but the grind, you know, yeah, right. you got to pay for the, for, for the grind or whatever. But I'm just like, do something. Right. You know? Well, it's like, you know, at least for the guys that I've worked with and the people that I see coming into coming into the rooms and trying to get sober and those things, you know, a lot of them, like their their main goal is just to get sober and just not stick a needle in their arm anymore. Right. And then once that happens, um, I, I feel like a lot of times I see people sort of fall off the radar um, because it's like they're not necessarily now working towards anything bigger. And that doesn't necessarily mean financial, right? That can be whatever right. you determine for yourself as success or purpose, right? And like, it's like, I want to help you. Let's identify that. and Let's start to work towards that. Because for me, what that's, what's that's turned into is, right, sobriety now, that's just a byproduct, Mm. it's not the focus it's not i'm doing these things or i'm going to meetings or i'm doing whatever mm -hmm. it is to stay sober right? right and people talk about oh i wake up every day and it's a struggle and it's a struggle every day and one day at a time and people use that shit and take it out of context so badly right you know and it's like no i'm not staying sober one day at a time like i'm just taking life as it yeah. comes one day Absolutely. at a time and i have this these dreams right and this vision for what i think i want my life to look like and so I know to from to get from here to here, right? I'm not there yet because I'm not that person yet. So I have to do the work to become that person. And in the process, right, sobriety just happens. Mm. It's not like it's over here kind of like as a, oh, yeah, and by the way, I'm sober, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, man, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I just dove into personal development and, and again, it's not like the goals are great and the achievements are great, but it's not about the things. It's about who I become in the pursuit of those mm-hmm. things. You know what I mean? So how, how often through your, um, your training and develop or not in your work, right. do you come across a young grant and like, <laughs> uh, and, and, and then how do you determine like, Oh, this is the one that's exactly like me. Do I, I mean, everybody gets the same help, but I know sometimes you see like, it just, yeah. you touch me and I got to make sure I, I want to do everything I can to make sure you're successful. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. I and bet. it's not, but well, it doesn't just happen with people that are just like me. You know, it's like when you can just, when you're sitting in front of somebody and you see what you see in front of you. Right. But if you can kind of look past that. Right. And I see what they, what they could be capable of, like, cause you hear them talk. Right. And a lot of these people are, extremely intelligent Fucking smart able caring you know nice you right. know it's not like and, and you just think to yourself like they'll be telling you some crazy story about some crazy shit that just happened and <laughs> and they're crying and all this stuff but like in my mind what i've gotten in the habit of doing is like because in the in break in the recovery world we tell our stories often absolutely a lot of times we speak from podiums and all that stuff and, and and a lot of people get chances to do that and so i think to myself and i'll and i'll, I'll listen to them telling this story of something that just happened right and i'll imagine them telling it from the podium one day like in a whole new place in life and when i can when i can envision that for them right it's like man because that's what that's what people did for me right somebody saw a version of me right it's it's lisa nichols right she talks about she describes it as cognitive dissonance mm. i i can see a version of myself which does not yet exist right right and i have to emotionally keep my keep myself in that place. and i do the same for other people i can see a version of this person it does not yet exist, but it could, you know. I and I know we're coming close to the hour, but uh, this is a dope episode. So if we go a little bit over, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm cool with that. that. Yeah. As long as you're I'm cool with that. Right? Yeah. No, 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 bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, bro. I, you know, just you here. I'm pretty sure somebody heard something that they needed to hear. Yeah. But one of the other questions that I had uh, as part of the recovery how often is medicine used to treat either addiction, depression, whatever? Is it, do you see it often or is it more of the support system and just the mindset changing? Well, it's a combination of the two for sure. Okay. You know, and we always talk about treating things holistically, right? Which means looking at the whole person, you know, looking at all these different things. And so, you know, we're going to address the spiritual aspect. We're going to address the therapy, the therapy, the clinical aspect. We're going to address medication if that needs to be a part of it, like whatever it is. And, and, and this is one of my biggest gripes with with my industry is that like I see it the most on LinkedIn, right? Because that's where people are posting most of their professional right. stuff. And I see just this really black and white, high, low thinking. It's like, uh, you know, the old saying, right? If you're good with a hammer, everything's a nail. Everything's that the thing. Everybody thinks that the I told you, bro, that their thing. <laughs> is like the silver bullet right yeah and they think that it's either this modality or it's that modality or it's medication assisted treatment or it's abstinence and it's right this or that and it's like what about I, the gray it, it doesn't make sense to me because i'm right. like why can't we take a little bit of all of these things mm. and bring them all together and and for each person right the combination of those things is going to look a little different right if this yeah. person needs to take medication this person wants to like you know to do uh, sweat lodges and or whatever it is you know what i mean and, and because it's different than our pathway yeah we we ju- we judge it we're like that's mm. not the way and then we develop this resentment when we see somebody actually succeed 
right. doing something different than what we did. Why didn't yeah? I, but that's human nature is fucked up. Yeah, because like, that's what it like. You can't be happy with this and just let them go. Like, right, right. Pills, 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 and you're gonna be good. Right, and then you're not like right. It sometimes just overdo certain things. But like you said, everybody is a little bit different. Everybody, right. yeah. Everybody became to that addictive state or whatever. I don't know. It's like politically correct word, right. but. Right. In a different way, you, right. you know right. what I'm saying. Different, every different trigger. So the medicine, or however they want to do it, it should, right. like you said, I, a, a conglomerate of things exactly. to try to work. And then whatever me, works, let up. Me right. personally, I think I love the idea of combining the two, but I I don't want them to like to start with medicine right away, right? Yeah. Like to me, when they say prime example, bro, uh, and I'm just gonna say kids. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, fucking talk to them. Talk to the fucking kids. They might tell you why they're doing the same. Right. No, what happens? Fucking psychologist, ADHD. Get them on Ritalin. Get them on this. Get them on that. But did you talk to them? Right. We you know see that I mean? a lot in our world. You know, yeah. it's, and a lot of it, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons, things we could blame, like the insurance companies for one. Uh, yeah, people who, who who get paid via insurance companies, <laughs> right? They, they cannot get reimbursed until there's a diagnosis. Don't get me. ICD-9, ICD-10 code. Keep people sick. You got to keep people sick. That's exactly. how they stay. So they, they rush oh. into these diagnoses, you know, way, way too quickly. Um, and Bro. especially people who are who are addicted, right? People right. who have been actively using substances. Somebody comes in fresh off a meth bender. His pills. And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bipolar. It's yeah. like, no, bro, he's fucking shooting meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a downer for Come this the shit, the man. <laughs> you know, but, they, but the thing is, is they know that. They know but that. That's what but I'm they saying. Don't care. And, I, and that's what I'm saying. Those are the little crutches, crushes and, and, and hurdles that that you guys have to deal with. And, and and to try to get over because unfortunately in in our world the medicine world that's just how it is and right. but i mean to me it sucks i just talk to somebody before you fucking pump a kid full of chemicals man yeah, but exactly um cigar the more tools the better the project yep, yeah agreed that's right um well, yeah we just have this we have a lot of judgment you know and and i think you know, in our world, we kind of predetermine a patient's destination for them, where they need, where they should go. And, and I'm kind of moving away from that myself a little bit. Like, okay. I like to have people be included in that, right? And in, in informed consent, right? Informed consent exists Absolutely. everywhere else in medicine, not necessarily addiction, though. Mm. Um, it's like, you know, if you if you shove a certain pathway down their throat, whatever that be, and they don't succeed at it, right? The, the, the clinician's response or whoever it is, it's providing the treatment is their response is, well, they didn't do it hard enough or they didn't want it bad <laughs> yeah, enough. Want right. Now you're going to victim blame, which them. Yeah. sometimes is the case, right? Yeah, right? Sometimes that can be the case. Yes, absolutely. You see that. Um, but when people say, Oh, it's or, or when people try to put the God stamp on it, Oh, just wasn't his time yet. Yeah. Like, excuse me, <laughs> you know, that, that right there, uh, that's just arrogance. I think, you know, um, and I don't understand that. But it's 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 like I think it's laziness. It's right. like we don't want to engage the client. We don't want to take that extra time and engage them longer. We have these 30, 60, 90 day treatment models. And really, man, the important thing is length of engagement. When we can mm. engage these people for a long time, a year, 18 months, two months, we can get them to those marks. Their chances at long term success go way up. Right. right. And we have to address not just the clinical side, but the life skills, right? Fucking learning how to build a resume. Right. That's what I just about. I was, that was literally what I was just about to ask. Like, once they get in that program, do they have ever, other avenues to go and job hunting, seeking things? Because uh, that's what I'm going to say. Like, you you started your 
that part of your life young 17 you had right. no direction right so when you when you finally found your way you said you were 26 i was i i got sober just before i turned 23 or 23 so yeah. now it's like you missed four or five years of becoming a man and becoming a productive citizen in the world right. so how you have to you know give people that that out right that, that outlier of this is what you do now and it's like exactly. and they're ready you know their minds focused so now let show me how to get a job show me right you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. that's the thing too, is and that's why I brought up the criminal history stuff because like for those of us who are like self-starters and we're entrepreneurs and grinders and, and that side of us comes out, right? We can like I've been able to kind of carve my path. And I say that I've obviously had help, right? I've had people who talk about being self-made. I'm just like, that's a fucking joke. Yeah. No, um, never. But you have resources. Yeah, dude. There's <laughs> there's been help along the way, whether right. you admit it or not, you know. But but not everybody coming out of prison, not everybody's got the skill set to be an entrepreneur man right exactly everybody you, have to, you to do, have to want to do exactly that man yeah, so you, yeah. society has to meet these people halfway because it's not it's not it's no longer defensible to say you know to, for people to argue oh well you know become you know become a business you know carve your path and become a business owner entrepreneur and do right. that's your only option now as a felon and it's like we, have to, we, we teach these people how to build resumes but these people who have these criminal histories we're basically saying hey yeah we'll help you but yeah, it's like you can big, really only get these bullshit jobs and big contradiction right you can oh you can make it out oh yeah you did one year two years ten whatever oh right. don't worry success is waiting for you right but then you get every door closed on you and then if you're not a strong person and then mental health goes into a play and then it I, yeah. sometimes you just exactly. slide back down the same path and it's revolving door is it is yeah. it is it strategically done that way of course to keep of course it is yeah of so that's that's is. the crazy part i just think i, I mean me personally, it comes to believe, man. You gotta believe you can do something, even even when you can't do it. I mean, I just because you believe enough, you'll find the ability to do that shit. Right. She still and gotta get there though, man. No, like, absolutely. That's, that's, that's well, I'm, I'm just saying with this with support, right? Yeah. Because self-made, yeah, whatever. You're not gonna do it by yourself. I'm sorry, you're not. Right. Especially if you're coming out with a record, you're already got. A stain on your resume, like I say, right? Because once they pull that background, and it's some other factors that go with that 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 stained background. What's that? It's the other factors that go along with that stained background. So that one strike you got for being a felon, then depends on where you are, the your, you know, race and stuff plays oh, like that. Absolutely, I mean, it's just so many factors that so yeah. many strikes that you have. It's just like damn, it's like a never ending battle. Yeah. You and ain't gonna it, be no lawyer coming out of prison in Alabama. Yeah, and and, 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 to, and, to, and to just tell people, <laughs> hey man, you just you know like. You gotta figure it out man you gotta bust your you know it's like yes like i can appreciate that i love that i love working with people who are like that but the truth is just that not everybody right. is, is built that way no. and what about the people who just man they just want to fucking make it into upper management it's some corporation somewhere. even working their way up from the bottom to the top yeah it's like yeah. Dude, most hospitals i couldn't even get a job as a janitor with a felony right. yeah. you know and it's like that's not acceptable to me you know there's got to be other risk assessment it's like the bell stuff you know it's like there's no risk assessment yeah. there's none of that it's go ahead oh no 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 go ahead i i totally i i agree with you and i i'm kristen is is up for it man so whenever you start that she said she is down to help any felon learn how to be a business owner because there's things that you have to know yeah. right um but dude we can go on and on yeah and this this topic is dope but before we leave, I want you to, I know you gave us your plug, but where can we find you? Um, whether it's your your username or the, the website, we'll put it on the comments here. 
Um, can you put it on the comments? Yep. I can't put it. Oh, I can. Um, but just say you don't want to. I got you. Get okay, it. I don't want to do it. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm in the corner of 12th and Missouri Avenue in a raincoat. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, <shit>. Don't go. <laughs> you, got, you got beef. Woo! Um, time, goddammit. <laughs> um, another question. Oh yeah. Keep it Cigar. Coming. If recovery has become an industry, is recovery the actual goal? He knows it's a funky question. Well, so yeah, so again, that is a great question, and I have a few different perspectives on that, and that's something that even me, right? Because it is an industry, right? And what we're doing, we we are a business, right? And we can't deny that. And so there is right this gray line between running a business and and, and helping people. And our industry yeah. can there. I mean, not in Texas so much. We're pretty lucky here. Everything's run pretty ethically here. Most of the people we work with. You hear about little things here and there, but like Florida, California, places like that, it's right. This it can breed extremely unethical behavior. But that's not just treatment; that's that medical world in yeah, general, yeah, yeah. right? Right, right. Yeah. It's oh. like a person walks, two people walk into an ER, both have the same condition. One has insurance, one does not. One's going to get treated and treated, and the other person they're going to figure out a bunch of tests they can yeah. run on the motherfucker. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to get your money. Yeah, right. it's, it's, yeah. I don't feel. I mean, I feel like something's wrong with my jaw okay well let's do an mri cat scan blah 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 blah. especially if you got you yeah, yeah that's insurance. So i've been around so that's yeah. another fucking well i've been i mean job. i've been around the medical field for a long time um so you know my my godfather he's a doctor here at in colleen so um I, I, you hear the horror stories from the hospitals and stuff like that so um but yeah, man. So give us your um your website. So if okay. anybody hearing needs to reach out, um uh, he's gonna make the guests do it. Type it. You ain't shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tried, man. Oh yeah. 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 uh, shit. shit, you put me on frustrated. I'm fucking put you on frustrated too. I love it. I was just showing him a picture on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> Except for the fact it was like, oh, you want me to type it? <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So it's uh, riserecoveryservices.com. Uh, John's actually about to redo it for us. So uh, forgive oh, us. Yeah, we're having some, we've just, we're kind of redoing a lot of our digital stuff. So forgive nice. me. But you can still find our info uh, on there. Kristen, that means you're probably doing it. Uh-oh. She's uh-oh. the one. Yeah. So. Bandit Griff. Okay. Yeah. So riserecoveryservices.com, uh, grant on Instagram. And then. Oh, shit. I hope you don't think I'm about to type. We're gonna have to go slow that shit down. Ah. Damn. What do you say? I'm still trying to get rise. Hold on, I got you. Look, I got a keyboard here. I'll do it. Well, well, shit. Goddamn, Gabe. Well, you just rattling off the acronyms, and you want me to sit there and and one finger peck this thing? Rise recovery. Rise recovery. <laughs> can play the replay and listen, right? <laughs> Write it down. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you can find us. We're rise here in Austin, Texas. Right? RiseRecoveryServices.com. Oh, Oh, voice text. There you go. Yeah. RiseRecoveryServices.com. That's right. That's right. Okay. And then um, what's the other one? Uh, then my Instagram is just fit.with.grant. Yeah. Okay. He didn't hear you. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm trying to find out. <laughs> I sure did it, bro. All right. Uh, RiseRecoveryServices.com. Yeah, you can shoot me a DM on there. I respond most of the time. Okay. And Facebook, obviously, just Grant Hansen, Rise Recovery Services, all those things. Okay. What's your IG? Fit.with.grant. At that? Yep. Oh, find us on Clubhouse. If y'all ain't on Clubhouse, you got to get on Clubhouse. 
Oh, another platform, bro. It is. It is, and um, I'm new to Clubhouse, but it's it's dope. It's kind of like virtual podcast anywhere. You just do it from your phone. And it's another one I heard. It starts with a P, I think. Um, another one? No, know. like no, it's kind of like that Clubhouse. I, I, okay. I, I, it's just another platform. It sounds like when you talked about the Clubhouse and like the platform thing. It was it was um. I can't think of the name of it. I saw it on. It was another social media person who used it, like a comedian, not a comedian uses it or something like that. Okay, yeah. but yeah, but I heard a clubhouse, but I just we're on there. Uh, it's great because you can. It's not just like you follow people and and like you can literally just engage in conversations, these big stages, virtual stages, yeah. and talk. And so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Find me so, in there. Hey, I appreciate everybody's time today. I know we're at an hour. Uh, anchor A. Before I I close out, cigar, you all man, you always stretch that the show out. I, that's why I love you on the show. But Anchor.fm, where that's what we moved our platform to, yep. and then it just streams to all the other seven platforms. So, but we just wanted to go ahead, and I know I announced it, but we appreciate everybody's support. We're now yep. on Apple, on um, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, Apple, Apple, um, Apple, and so well, I appreciate everybody. Um, the support the support just continue to like share subscribe and hit that bell button and the youtube i just and leaving out you know i always do a little food for thought and shit and i just want people be fucking happy okay and by what i mean by that is don't dim anybody else's light to make your light shine brighter just fucking be happy and shine your own fucking light leave everybody's light alone that's all i got you got something i know he drops bombs, so I'm. Let me start recording on my phone because I'm gonna use it. Yeah. What so, you- uh, this is a phrase I've used or a, a saying that I've used a lot because it was told to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I obviously didn't make this up, but um, I always like to tell people that your current circumstances are not a true or accurate indicator of your actual full potential. Right. Meaning where you're at is temporary and it's changeable. Amen. Yeah, I fucking love it. What you got for us, dog? I ain't got shit. Man. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers intellectual like a mom. Hey, no, but we appreciate everybody. Um, just stay tuned. We're gonna have another podcast tomorrow because yeah. we missed Tuesday. So stay tuned tomorrow, same time, seven thirty, seven thirty-five. We're gonna have a, guest. another yeah. special guest. Um, and that episode's called Redemption. So mm. just like Grant said, yeah. just because you're in a certain circumstance, it doesn't define where you're going to be at. So that's a good mantra, man. Um, so, hey, yeah, again, I appreciate everybody. The support. Have a good night. We love you guys. Tell a friend. Yes, sir. Tell a friend.